You are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. A lady called her pastor uh, at like just after three in the morning and said, I hate to bother you. I know it's the middle of the night, but it's after three and I cannot go to sleep. In fact, I have yet to go to sleep. And so the pastor said, well, I'm, I'm so sorry, uh, and it's okay that you call me, but I don't know, you know, really what I could do to help. And she said, I was just wondering if you might be willing to preach a little because you always lull me off on Sunday morning. <laughs> so I never had anybody say anything like that to me until recently. And so Danny Thomason, who attends here, I'd been after him because he had missed several Sundays in the summer. He'd been traveling, and so I said, hey, you better catch up on the sermons, buddy. And so he downloaded them onto his iPod, and so he was driving across the state of Texas listening to the sermons. And he says to me, you almost got me killed. And I said, how did it almost get you killed? He said, well, I was listening to your sermons as I was driving across the state of Texas, and three times I found myself nodding off at the wheel. So, (laughs) not good, not good. You know, uh, I just... uh, very grateful this morning to be able to share God's word with you. He has given me something to say to you. So last Sunday was Pentecost, and we're now in this season of Pentecost. And and Mikkel read to you from John chapter 15, beginning with verse 14. We're going to go back there this Sunday again. And she talked about this gift that the Father promises us. There's a gift the Father is going to give you. He will give you another advocate to help you, and he will be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. And so the Father is going to give you the Holy Spirit to walk with you along this journey of living this Christian life. We had 98 mid-high teenagers at camp this past week. 98 mid-high teenagers. (laughs) Represent. And so... One night after the service, they're kind of debriefing and talking about what God was doing in their lives. And one, one mid-high teenage girl said, I've been praying. This is a mid-high teenage girl now. I've been praying that I would experience the Holy Spirit in my life. And she says, in this week at camp, I have experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now give me your yell. How's that? There we go. And so Jesus says, yeah, that's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you this gift. And the gift is I'm going to give you another advocate, the Father. I'm going to ask him and he's going to give you this other advocate to help you. He will be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. I will give my spirit to you. And so there's something really interesting about this passage. I'm going to read it to you in a moment, but it starts... With these words, if you love me, Jesus says, you will keep my commandments. But he not only says it once in these ten verses, he says it three other times. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And then he says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. And then he says, anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. And so I think the question that's kind of looming is this one. Do you love Jesus? 
And let me ask you the same question using other words. Do you obey His teaching? Do you keep His commands? Because in the mind of Jesus, you cannot separate love from obedience. And so if you answer one question yes, the other question has to be answered yes. And if you answer one of the questions no, then both answers are no. You cannot say, hey Rick, I love the Lord, I really do, but I do not keep His commands or obey His teaching. Jesus would say that is not a possibility. If you love me, you will obey my teaching. So let me, let me share these words with you from Jesus, okay? John chapter 14, beginning with verse 15. The same words that you heard last Sunday, okay? If you love me, Jesus says, keep my commands. And here's this promise of the Holy Spirit. And I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him or knows Him. But you know Him for He lives with you and will be in you. And then Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but, it will see, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. And on that day, you are going to realize that I'm in my Father and that you are in me and that I'm in you. And then he says it again. Whoever, whoever, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. And then Judas, not Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? And here he says it again. Jesus replies, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. And now he says it another time. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. So I pray for God's blessings on His Word for us today. Here's here's the question that comes to my mind. If it's not about loving God, if it's not about loving God, then what in the world is it about? I mean, you show up at church on Sunday morning, right? Offering plate goes by a moment ago. Probably most of you put something in. You volunteer for works of service. You go on trips for mission work and all kinds of other stuff. So if it's not about loving God, then what in the world is it all about? What are you doing? In verse 1, Jesus starts the chapter by talking about getting people to heaven. And so my only question is, if it's not about loving God, what's it about? Getting to heaven? As a pastor, I get asked questions a lot about getting to heaven. And people say to me, Pastor Rick, can I get to heaven if I'm not baptized? I don't know why, but it's a very common question. So if I don't get baptized, if I don't get in the water and they put me under and all that, can I still get to heaven? Sometimes people ask me, do you think it's possible for me to get to heaven without paying my tithe? Sometimes people are very open and honest with me. It's amazing what people say to a pastor. Pastor, I live with my boyfriend or my girlfriend. We have sex. 
Can I get to heaven living like I'm living, doing what I'm doing? I mean, if I don't change what I'm doing, can I still get to heaven? Probably the hardest question anybody has ever asked me in this, in this regard has been a person said to me once, Pastor Rick, if I take my own life, if I commit suicide, if I kill myself, do you think there's any way I could still get to heaven? Do you know what Jesus says the greatest commandment is? Jesus says the greatest commandment is this. Somehow get to heaven. No. Jesus says the greatest command is this. Love God. Love God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind and all of your strength. This is the greatest commandment. It's not about just trying to get to heaven. It's about loving God. And so here we are in this John chapter 14. Mikkel did a great job last week telling you that this is kind of what we refer to as Jesus' final discourse. In other words, it's his final instructions to his disciples. These are the final things that I'm going to say to you at this point. And so as Jesus begins to talk to his disciples, he explains to them about his father's house. And he says, I'm going there, by the way. In other words, I'm leaving. And so... He has talked to them before about the fact that he's going away, but then he gives this great promise that I will ask the Father and he is going to give you this gift, another advocate who is going to love you and help you and he will be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. God's going to give you his Holy Spirit. Mikkel said to you last week, we don't have a great word to translate from this word perikletos. Uh, here it is translated advocate. So we use lots of words sometimes like a helper and a counselor and a comforter and an advocate. I went into this big orange store the other day wanting to buy something for my home. And in this big orange store where you buy stuff for your home, uh, I didn't know, number one, what I was looking for and I didn't know where to find it. And so I say to the customer service lady, um, I need a part for my refrigerator, but I don't even know what I'm looking for and I don't know where it is. And so she says, it's okay. Hang on one second. I'll call somebody. She picks up a phone and she calls someone and she said, somebody will be here to help you in a minute. And sure enough, a guy walks up and says, what do you need? I told him. He walks me way back through that big orange store and where you buy stuff for your home that I will not mention the name of in my sermon this morning. And, uh, and he said, here's what you need. This one right here. And so the word advocate is really that. The word that we translate from the Greek word parakletos, it's to call someone in. Someone to help you. And Jesus says, I'm going to get you a helper. I'm going to call someone in who is going to be a helper to you. And he's going to be with you forever. And then we have this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful language that's resurrection language. I will not leave you as orphans. Jesus says, I'm going to come to you and the world won't see me, but you will see me. And because I live, you're going to have life. And so it's kind of in the midst of this language where Jesus talks about the fact that he's leaving and he talks about the fact that the Spirit is coming, that four separate times in only ten verses, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. If you love me, you will obey my teaching. Anyone who does not Obey my teaching does not love me. So why is this so important 
to Jesus. Why is it that four times in this passage he gives us these really, really strong words? I, I wondered this week as I was preparing if, if when I begin to talk about this, if somebody, you know, would say to me, don't, don't stand up there, Rick, and question my relationship with God. I like what's going on in my journey with God. And, and I really believe that God loves me, okay? The question has never been, does God love you? The question has always been, how deep is your love for God? You understand there's no other relationship that we treat like this. Every other relationship, we demand faithfulness. If you've been to a wedding lately, I go to my share of weddings. I have eaten a lot of wedding cake in my day. Have you ever gone to a wedding? Have you listened to what they say to each other? I mean, they stand there and they look at each other in the eye before God and their mama and their daddy and everybody else. And they say, I will keep myself only unto you as long as we both shall live. I will never be with another person. In sickness and in health, to love and to cherish until death do us part. I am yours. I will love you when you're young and cute. And I will love you when you're... Old and evolving and changing and looking different. You know what the hardest word for me is in this whole passage? It's to hear Jesus say the first word. If. The one who deserves our love more than anybody else says, If you love me. How humbling is that for Jesus? If you choose to love me. If you decide to give me your love, if you love me, you will come home tonight. If you love me, you will be faithful to me. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will obey my teaching. We were in Kentucky not too long ago. And we pulled off the interstate to get some gas. And I'm standing there at this little market pumping gas into my car. And I look around and walking along the road is a whole family. What's an entire family doing walking together down the road? They were Amish. The father is wearing these black pants with some black boots. And he's got on a lighter blue shirt with suspenders. And he's got a hat on and he's... Got a beard, but it's only kind of a chin strap. There's no mustache or anything, just kind of around here. His little boy is walking beside him, and his little boy is trying to swing his dad's arm as they're walking. And he's dressed exactly exactly the same. He's got on the suspenders and the black pants and the little hat. The mom is walking behind the father and son, and she's got on this kind of homemade dress with a bonnet and kind of this... Apron that appears to be maybe sewn in or on top of the dress. And, and holding her hand is this little miniature mother. She's just, just the same as her mom, just only she was really little, a real little girl. And, and, and the mom, as I look around, kind of swings her up and kind of lands her into her arms. The little girl wanted to be carried. Amish people are, for the most part, pretty friendly if you try to engage in conversations with them. When we lived in Ohio, I talked to many Amish people about the lifestyle they were living. 
And mostly they talk about what they don't do. We don't use electricity. We don't ride in cars. You know what's interesting? What they do? They do talk on cell phones. It's always interesting when I see an Amish person talking on a cell phone. I just think that looks kind of unique to me. And so I'm going to be really frank with you. When, when, when I read this passage, and four times I hear Jesus say, If you love me, you will keep my commands. Whoever has my commands and keeps them, that's the one who loves me. Anyone who obeys my teaching loves me. Anyone who doesn't obey my teaching does not love me. When I read those words, it feels to me like a lot of do's and don'ts. It feels a little Amish. Because the struggle happens inside of me when I read the rest of the passage. And in the rest of the passage, here's what I read. I I read Jesus saying stuff like this. Because on that day you realize that that I'm in the Father and and you are in me and I'm in you. And the Father loves you and I love you. And uh, I'm going to reveal myself to you and the Father and I, we're going to make our home with you. I, I feel this great loving relationship. And so I'm saying, well, which is it? Is it this life of keeping the rules and obeying the commands? Or is it this loving relationship with Jesus? And I feel like there's tension between those two. I feel a little bit pulled inside of myself. Is it about keeping the rules or is it about a love relationship? And how do you resolve that tension? Is it about obedience? Is it about love? So I'm going to talk to you about that for a few minutes. My, my mother is a, is a saint. I talk about my mom to you all the time. She, in my Christian life, has been the most influential person as far as just helping me walk with Jesus. And my mom is a servant. She spoiled us. She spoiled my dad terribly. I, I remember going home once from college. I hadn't been home for a few months. Hadn't gotten to talk to my mom much. I get in the door... My dad has just come into work. He heads for the shower. He's going to get cleaned up. My mom sits down on the edge of the couch. Not on the couch, but on the edge. Because she's interested to hear. And I'm telling my mom about what's going on in my life at school. And she's asking questions. And she's so engaged. And she's such a great listener. And I'm just talking up a storm. And I'm telling her this story. And, and I hear my dad say my mom's name. Cecil. Her name is really Cecilia, but her nickname's Cecil. And what that meant was... That it was time for her to go put his clothes out on the bed because my dad had never laid out his clothes, never picked them out. My mom always laid his clothes out for him. I'll let you process that for a minute, okay? I'm telling you, she had us spoiled. And we grew to expect that kind of stuff. And so, when I got married... That didn't work out at all. (laughs) And so I keep telling the story and finally he says her name again, Cecil. And and I was frustrated and I just said, just go on, you have to go. And as my mom is standing up, she leans forward to make eye contact with me and she smiles and she says to me, I don't have to go. I want to go. You may be thinking, maybe your mom is a saint. 
Bob Miller told me a story this week about a lady who was married to a very harsh and hard husband. He was unkind. And every morning he would get up before he left for work and you know what he would do? He would write out a list and he would say to her before he walked out the door, here's your list, I expect that you do all of these things before I get home today. Just sharing some happy Father's Day stories with you this morning, just kind of, you know. And she would do the list because he commanded her to do so. And the next morning, he would get up and before he would go to work, he would write out a list and say, I expect you to get all this done while I'm gone today. And then one day he died. This is not an appropriate time to say amen, ladies, at this point of the story. And a couple of years later, she met another man. And he fell in love with her and she fell in love with him and they got married. And he was the opposite of her first husband. He was kind and he was gentle and he was caring and he was easy and he was loving and he was thoughtful and he was careful. And they loved being married to each other. And a couple of years after they were married to one another, she was going through some stuff and cleaning out some stuff. And guess what she found? One of the old lists. And she said, I stood there reading over that list and I realized that I'm doing everything for my second husband that's on the list. But it doesn't feel hard. It feels easy. Because I just do it out of love. I I think somewhere in those examples is this balance. Is this resolution between obedience and love. And I serve Him because I love Him. You know there are saints in this church. There are people who are in their 90s who are part of this church who have lived for the Lord since they were like children. You know, and you think, how many years have you lived? You're living for the Lord for 90 years. That must have been really hard. That must have been really tough. For 90 years you served Him. For 90 years you obeyed Him. That must have been really difficult. They're going to look at you like you're nuts. And they're going to say, the greatest joy of my life was serving Him. I wanted to serve Him. I wanted to love Him. I wanted to live my life in obedience to Him. That was the joy of my life. We had a group of people who just got back last week from the Navajo Reservation in Phoenix, Arizona. And there they worked hard on churches and painting and cleaning and all kinds of things and building. And then they had a basketball camp for 5th and 6th graders and they shared the gospel with a little boy who was 10 who had never heard about Jesus before. And they got to pray with this one young man whose life was in shambles. And then they got word last week that on Sunday morning that young man showed up at church with his girlfriend and his infant son. What are you guys headed off to Arizona for? You, you saw the video a minute ago, right, of these children that took off to Springfield, Missouri to do this missions trip. And Kim Bands wrote me an email when she got home and she said, I went as a sponsor with my little girl Haley. And so we tucked her into bed that night and I said to her before I prayed with her, Haley, what'd you learn on the mission trip? She said, we were so charged up. It was such a great trip. And I said, Haley, what'd you learn? And without hesitation, Haley says, Mom, serving Jesus is so much fun. 
I think that's the balance. Man, this goes way, way back. But when I was a kid, you know what we used to sing? I will serve thee because... There's some old people in this room. (laughs) Because I love thee. I can't, I can't help but wonder if somebody is saying, okay, I hear you, but I don't know if I can live that life. I don't know if I have what it takes to do it. Are you forgetting what season we're in? <laughs> this is Pentecost. And what does Jesus say? I'm going to ask the Father, and what's the Father going to give you? A gift. What's the gift? A helper. An advocate. Somebody who's going to be with you and He is going to walk with you as you journey along this life and He is going to make you strong and you don't live in your own power but you live in the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Father has a gift for you and what He wants to give you is His Spirit and His Spirit is going to help you. Man, that is just like some really good preaching right there in my mind. You've got to help her. You are not by yourself. You are not on your own. It is not about what you can pull off. The Father is going to give you a gift, and the gift is His Spirit. And He will help you. Hmm. I think the other thing I can't help but wonder if there is somebody looking at me saying, I'm stuck at the introduction. Because when you asked me, do I love the Lord and do I keep His commandments? I felt like I was okay saying yes to the first one, but I couldn't say yes to the second question. And according to Jesus, then both of my answers must be no. And I've looked at reality this morning, Pastor Rick, and I've had to be honest with myself about my love for Jesus. And if I'm going to be really honest with myself, I don't love him very much because I don't keep his commands very well. You need a helper. (laughs) And the Father has provided one for you. And so I want you to stand with me, and I want us to pray together before we go, okay? And so if you say, okay, Rick, that's me. I need a helper. I need a helper in my life. I need the Spirit to help me. That's what I'm in need of. And I want to receive the gift that God has promised. I'm going to come, and I'm going to ask God, give me your Spirit. I want to receive this gift. I need this kind of help in my life then you can come this morning and kneel around our altars or you can pray where you are. Sometimes for me it's important that I come forward and I kneel here. It may be that you are not a Christ follower this morning and you would say, Rick, I don't, I don't really know Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. I'm not talking about just asking to be forgiven of sin. I'm talking about being born again. I'm talking about having your heart transformed, being changed from the inside I'm talking about becoming a Christ follower today. And Jesus coming to live in your heart. 
And so if you want to find Jesus this morning, you can come and there'll be pastors here to pray with you. Maybe that you're going through a hard time. A lot of us do. Different seasons of our lives. And if you want to pray about what's going on in your life, you can come and pray about that as well. Just feel this freedom to to make the altar this very friendly place where I can talk to the Lord. Maybe that you're a dad today. Being a dad is a daunting task. You say, Rick, I just need the Spirit's help in being a dad. I just want the Lord to help me to be the best dad I can be. If you have physical problems in your life and you need to be prayed for for healing, there'll be a pastor over here and there'll be a pastor over here and they would be glad to anoint you with oil and pray for you. So let's sing. And if you want to pray this morning, feel free to come. It's a very friendly place.
Kyle will continue to sing for a little bit. If you want to come and pray still yet, you're welcome to. As you leave, please leave quietly. Hope Father's Day is a great day for you. God bless you. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.